This is Garage Logic Podcast number 118, March 18, 2019. Oh, I long for that spring of 2012. It was 80 degrees on this day in 2012 and 8 below in 1941. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushere. Hi, bros. What's up, bro? Hi, bro. Hello. Everybody's a bro. Stop it. Hi, bro. Hey, you, you backwards baseball hat wearing morons. <laughs> Couple of uh, deep thoughts right off the bat. A huge fireball exploded in the Earth's atmosphere in oh. December, according to NASA. The blast was the second largest of its kind in 30 years and the biggest since a fireball over Chelyabinsk, Russia, six years ago. The space rock exploded with ten times the energy released by the Hiroshima atomic bomb. Lindsay Lindley Johnson, planetary defense officer at NASA, told the BBC News that a fireball this big is only expected about two or three times every 100 years. Why am I mentioning this? Because we are at the mercy of nature. We don't know when something's going to blow. Did you hear this? I was going to say, this is the first we're hearing of it. Did you see it? No. Did you hear it? No. It went largely unnoticed uh, until it was detected by equipment. It went largely unnoticed until now because it blew up over the Bering Sea off Russia's Kamchatka Peninsula. Hmm. I guess what I'm struck by is the power of the universe. Uh, We're nothing compared to... Right. This nothing. This is so big, and yet no one on Earth heard it or saw it. That's another indication of how big the Earth is. How'd they right? get the photo? They did, they didn't. This is just a stock photo of a meteorite of, the, of hell of the uh, Armageddon. <laughs> at about noon on December 18, the asteroid barreled through the atmosphere at a speed of 20 miles per second. On a steep trajectory of seven degrees, measuring several meters inside, the rock exploded 25.6 kilometers above the Earth's surface with an impact energy of 173 kilotons. That was 40% of the energy release of Chelyabinsk, but it was over the Bering Sea, so it didn't have the same type of effect or show up on the news, said Kelly Fast, Near-Earth Objects Observations Program Manager at NASA. That's another thing we have in our defense. There's a lot of water on the planet. <laughs> yes, yeah. you at the back there. So, uh, when's your apology to John Kerry? He was correct. This is the kind of thing we need to spend money on to get out in front of so no, it doesn't happen I'm, again. I'm not apologizing to Ken. Now, my other deep thought, and I noticed this uh, emailer, Craig, you know, helped me with this. We had but, eight storms oh God, help me. last year, which cost America... Well more than eight, eight than a billion dollars yeah. per yeah. storm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. far cheaper to recognize what's coming and cure the problem ahead of time. Yeah, I'm sure you, yes. you would be yeah. capable of that. These uh, brainwashed uh, high school kids in Minnesota join other brainwashed kids all around the world, and they skip school Friday. Why? Because they were protesting the climate. They they they're <laughs> demanding that a politician do something about nature, which is 
ridiculous on the face of it. But uh, I was reading that in 2015, world leaders agreed in Paris to a goal of keeping the Earth's global temperature rise by the end of the century well below 2 degrees Celsius or 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit compared with pre-industrial times. Here's my deep thought. And I'll be willing to be, uh, I'll be glad to be corrected by our listeners, many of whom are on top of this. If there's scientific consensus that man's use of fossil fuels is resulting in outputs of carbon dioxide mm-hmm. that affect the temperature, and that's, that's, we're supposed to believe that's consensus. Right. It isn't. <laughs> there are many scientists who don't buy that. But if that's the consensus, then where's the mathematical equation that would show the formula for arriving at the amounts of carbon dioxide as they pertain to a temperature either rising or lowering? So on a scale, so is it is it 50 to make it go 1 degree or 75 to I mean, make it go 2 degrees? I see what you're saying. Is the question uh, legitimate, John? I think In so, other words, yes. But I'm not your math guy. But if you're telling me that you know without a doubt that carbon dioxide results in temperature increases, how much carbon dioxide? Right, right. You should be able to tell me a scale of some sort. Where, where, where do I plug in the XY formula and hit my calculator and go bing, bang, boom? Oh, if we get another 25 trillion tons of carbon dioxide, the temperature in uh, uh, Minnesota next January will be 67.2 degrees average on, on January 8th. Right. I want to know. I mean, isn't I'd that what science that, would actually. do? I'd sign up for but that. But isn't that what science is supposed to be? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're told there's a consensus. What's the formula? What's the mathematical formula? There isn't one. Then how do they arrive at this? It's BS. Why hasn't? Why, but why hasn't? Why, uh, why they haven't arrived been... at this through modeling, computer modeling, which is not science? But how about the vanity in that? Look, the world leaders agreed to it. let's let's make sure that by the end of this century we hold the temperature three point six degrees uh, Fahrenheit compared with pre-industrial times. That, that you can't do that. Not without a formula. Right. That's that's all I had. It was just a little deep thought. That's uh, all in, I had. In your absence on uh, last Thursday and Friday when this climate... I was here last Thursday and Friday. I was talking to Kenny. Oh. Uh, in, in your absence, we all... Are you talking to me? Yeah, as a staff... <laughs> I'm barely that, paying attention. Had we been in high school, we all would have struck... For the climate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The climate. Yeah. I go hate climate, the climate. Go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. Uh... We've got to do a correction. John and Sartell writes, in the spirit of reporting what it used to be, your staff really kicked this one. <laughs> Annie Schlepper grew up in St. Cloud, attended Cathedral High School, played oh, hockey for God. the Gophers, and was on two Olympic hockey teams for Team USA. Her father is a banker, grew up in St. Cloud, and also went to Cathedral. They may be a distant relative to the Schleppers in farming, but please get the facts straight. That is in reference to... Uh, Patrick and Darren, I are discussing. Uh, uh, Denard, Denard Spann married a married, married a Schlepper girl, yep. and uh, ah. Pat Pat uh, tried to pass that off as she's uh, a Schlepper. That he plain can, and that simple. He, he then could play town ball for some team, for and he said because flames. the uh, Schleppers mm-hmm. are well established. Okay, got it. Mm. Uh, greetings, Joe. I've been a faithful listener for many years, and had the great pleasure of being interviewed by you at the Summit Brewery podcast. I drove down from Fergus Falls. Uh, and that was during the time of the Der Spiegel fake article about our wonderful community. As I uh, listened to uh, 
Last Friday's podcast, Reavers began talking about how failed academic institutions should simply let everyone in and let them pass or fail. Isn't that what our friends are wanting to do with the border? Let everyone in without any standard or process to keep things in check? In essence, colleges and universities use admission standards as a border wall to protect the integrity of their institution, many of which look silly now because of that scam. So it's okay for an institution of higher learning to keep people out if they don't meet the requirements, but it's not okay for us as a country to do the same. Seems a bit hypocritical. Hypocritical, if you ask me, Dave Cornell. That's a great, great point. That is a good point. Great point. Great point. One more. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know what to do with this. Uh, J- uh, John over in Stone Lake, Wisconsin, at the risk of this is a very strange email. At the risk of acquiring my own scan bucket, <laughs> I don't have a garage. My wife does, but I don't. Is it allowable to send a picture of garage wood if it isn't in a garage? If it's piled up alongside a storage shed, would it still be worthy of the label garage wood, given the fact that it still serves the same uses? Perhaps a ruling is in order. Long-time lister, love the podcast and all of its players. Uh, I'm going to rule. Uh, You man up over there in Stone Lake, (laughs) and you get yourself a garage. I don't understand why the wife has one and you don't. Your wood does not count as garage wood. Right, Kenny? Wow. It's got to be in the garage. Ruling. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. But if it's her wood and it's her garage, it definitely counts. He, he can't piggyback on her wood. No, he said he has his wood is stored Excuse outside. Me? Right. His then, wood is stored outside. But he said it serves the same purpose. I, I, I'm ruling here. I'm the mayor. No, I, 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 I'm the mayor. I agree with the uh, no, mayor. No, 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 no. I just said I agreed with you, you old fart. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. I do know a guy Back that, from the country today, huh? Back from the countryside. Tensions on a Monday. Good to yeah. see you. I worked yeah. with that. His his garage was so full of flowers maybe a, a decade or so ago that he basically almost had to turn in his man card. My neighbor, um, he does. He's not a man at all. Um, and this is the guy who snow blow, uh, snow, a driveway I snow blow. But his wife makes jewelry. Yep. And and it's her garage and it's her shop and right. she yeah, works out of that. that. Yeah. The gals will do that too. I guess it'll happen. Huh? Well, yeah. at least it's, it's getting used. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, is it? It's a business. It's yeah. a, yeah. Keep a successful business. No, oh. no. You know, do you realize uh, in many cases your daughter's engagement ring is bigger than your wife's? Mm. That's going to do nothing but get you in trouble. Uh, the gang at RF Moeller Jewelers has been helping guys like us solve this problem for sixty-seven years. They will take her original diamond in on trade and provide you with a diamond that will really impress her every time she looks at it. If people, uh, people who have done this said they wish they would have done it 10 years ago. Uh, Moeller's staff of registered jewelers, certified gemologists, and certified gemologist appraisers will show you the difference between a Moeller diamond and diamonds that other jewelers sell. And if you're worried about a price, don't. Moeller will not lose a sale because of price. If you don't believe me, go online and look at their reviews. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina. Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or on the web at rfmoller.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Late last week, we were made aware of the testimony that a guy named the Reverend Tim Christopher gave at the uh, at a Minnesota House hearing uh, as it concerns new bills regarding 
additional means of uh, gun control in Minnesota. Uh, he is a reverend in North Minneapolis. I want you to hear what he said, and then I'll tell you more about him. When This is about four minutes, but uh, this is a guy who's right in the middle of the of the gunplay in North Minneapolis, Reverend Tim Christopher. My name is Reverend Tim Christopher. I'm out of Berea Missionary Baptist Church in North Minneapolis. And uh, I just come here to say today is I'm looking for this committee to give a damn. And what I mean by that is this here. In early 90s, we had an epidemic in the black neighborhood, and we called that crack. And nobody gave a damn. And then there become opiate problem. Everybody gave a damn. In 96, 97, 98 in North Minneapolis, we called it Murderapolis. We buried a lot of African-American men, women, and children. And all of a sudden today when uh, things happen outside of the realm, we want to pass bills. See where I'm at. My church sits on Lindell and 30th, and we have to escort our women and our children out to the parking lot because of the gun battles that goes on there. Now, I don't know how many of you all has walked between Lindell and Penn Avenue on Broadway. You know what I'm talking about. There was a 13-year-old boy that got shot in the face just going to the YMCA. I'm here to ask you to give a damn. If you really want to stop gun violence, find out how a 16-year-old boy is getting a gun. Let's look at the gun flow problem going into North Minneapolis. See, we can sit here all night and come up with statistics, but when I get a call from a mother looking for her 16-year-old daughter, and I got to go on James Avenue to a drug house, and everybody in there got guns bigger than my gun, we got a problem. But it's not your problem. So y'all want to sit here and y'all want to come up with all these data and these statistics. I'm living real life every day down there. That's where the problem is. So when you can come up with a way to keep the guns out of these thugs' hands, and you can come up with a way to make sure the people who shouldn't have a gun, the, 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 the thugs, the boneheads, then you can pass a bill. But these bills don't do nothing for North Minneapolis. They don't do nothing for the black community. I'm just asking y'all to give a damn. That's all I'm asking for. See, because I fight down there all the time. I spend Saturdays walking, talking with young men, trying to get them to understand that selling on a corner isn't going to get you nowhere. And they got guns bigger than my gun. I'm a gun owner. I'm a part of Minnesota Gun Caucus. I've met, I'm black heritage gun, African-American. I've met with people from Moms Demand, been in Brooklyn Park in their meetings. I, I know someone from every town. I'm desperate. I'm, I'm going anywhere I can to get help. But you can keep passing these here bills that ain't going to do nothing for nobody if you want to. But if you want to stop the gun violence, let's get serious. I got cards that I can give each and every one of you. If you want to walk with me one night when I get a phone call at 1.30 in the morning, come here. But these statistics from Florida, from Venezuela, and all is here, it ain't doing nothing for y'all. Y'all just sitting here, just run off. 
but you really want to find out where it's happening? Come on. Come on. I see somebody walking around here right now that says, unarmed, unafraid. I would like for them people to come and stand in my parking lot in my church on a Sunday and protect us as we walk across Lindale. I just had a meeting with the Somalis right down the street there at their mosque, and they're asking, how do we keep our young boys out of this trouble, which is about to start? And I think you guys know that. So if you really want this here to end, let's get serious about gun violence. Let's get serious. See, I, I really don't have a dog in this fight. I'll meet with anybody. I'm a gun owner, and I got one of them ugly guns that y'all hate, them AK-40, you know. I got one of them, and I enjoy shooting it. But at the end of the day, I got to speak for my people. I got to speak for the black people that's down there that's dying every single day. There was a young lady that was shot by a man in the parking lot, her boyfriend. We went and we got a restraining order for her. He found her. He was a felon. He found a way to get a gun. He shot her in the parking lot of Walgreens right there on Lindale and Broadway. Now, you explain to me how he got that gun. Because that bill that you're about to put down there ain't going to keep a gun out of his hand. The bill that you just had a few minutes ago, not going to keep a gun out of his hand. So if y'all want to get real, let's, let's, let's go for what, what, what the real gun violence is. See, y'all just playing around. Come hang out with me one day. Thank you. Well, it turns out the Reverend Christopher is a GLer. He's a fan of the show. Wow. We did we did not know that. That was a powerful speech. He'll be here tomorrow in person. Oh, fantastic! I can give him a big cool. hug because I love him. Okay, but here's what I want to know from him and why we asked. Oh, him. I wish I wouldn't have taken my AR out of the truck this morning. <laughs> Damn it! Here's what I want to ask him. <laughs> I want to know what he what is he proposing. We don't know from that. It was a nice speech. But it was we'll very impassioned. Mm-hmm. But I want him in here because I'm going to explore with him also the decline in moral and well, ethical integrity, which I bet he is going to uh, corroborate. Well, I but don't, I don't know uh, what law he wants passed. That we don't know, and I want him to explain that. I don't that. think he was, he was trying to propose anything there, was he? He was trying to tell those guys, you're ruling from the salon. Yeah, and the laws that they want to pass aren't going to do any good. Nothing was expanded background checks. And here's the best part of the interaction. So I called the church the day I saw this video. I called the church to find out if he could come on, and it took a I think two days. I I ended up talking to him Friday, and I told Joe, "You're not going to believe this." So I called him back. He left a voicemail with me. I called him back on my way here, and we spent about 15 minutes on the phone together. And I said, hey, Reverend, it's my name is Chris Reavers. I'm with the, the show. He's like, stop introducing yourself. I, I, I know who you guys are. Cool. I listen every day. Awesome. But just how could you not, or how could that speech not resonate with everyone, even the people that don't live in North Minneapolis? Because no, I, he's I, speaking for all of us. He, yeah, I think he, he was lecturing the salon, wasn't he? Yes. Which I, I, I just applaud him for doing that. Yeah, but I do want to know what, what means would you put in place to stop the, right. the inflow of guns? To the kids who are becoming gangsters. I, I want to know what he thinks about that. He'll be here tomorrow. But those guns they're acquiring are all illegal. A lot of them have the numbers filed off. Right. But I, and I want to ask him what he wants to do about that. But how are we going to stop that? Mm-hmm. He's a gun He doesn't want to take away your guns. He, he, wants, he wants to stop guns from getting into the wrong hands, and that's a giant task. They have to escort women and children yeah. from the church I'm on looking, a Sunday. Yeah, I'm looking at a map right now. It, it's, it takes up a lot of space, this Baptist church, but yeah. 
That's a shame. Well, that's, so, a, that's a great question yeah. for him tomorrow right. when he has to go in at one thirty in the morning to a, a drug house. He's probably and, packing. And there's eight of them that are already armed, and he's armed. I, I can't wait to find out how he's treated as a black pastor trying to get the, the young gal whose parents are concerned. Well, he's not treated well. The Reverend oh. Tim Christopher, he'll join us on the podcast live. Oh, that's so exciting. Live tomorrow. Why don't we come back with the Johnny Heights newscast? Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger, and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in March, April, or May and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389, 800-967-3389, The Canopy Group. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a Ph.D., Joe Sucheray. You spent way too much time in that barn of yours. Because they're I playing guess. all night. Speaking of wildlife, right. here's John Height. Edge coming it's, Fairview. Uh, I'm uh, driving at about 8 o'clock in the morning after dropping off a child. Mm-hmm. Three deer just Hanging out on the corner of Edgecombe and Fairview. That's remarkable to you. Same that's, three I took a picture of last week. That's big news Dodging for potholes. You. Yep. Yeah. Here's and, Johnny. and a squirrel. Here's John Nice. Speaking of potholes, on territorial over here, I hit a pothole yeah, this deep I hit on that the way. Oh, my God. Slow you couldn't down. miss it. Such, I hit a pothole on the freeway this morning in Douglas County, and my window went down. <laughs> I kid you not. The window went Bonk. down. Have any of you tried to get Get south on 35W through the commons area. Crosstown commons? Where, where all the construction is. It, uh, it's, oh, in downtown. You, you cannot go faster than 20 miles an hour. Oh, That's why wow. that rush hour streak is so bad. I'll have some details on that if the traffic guy doesn't mind a little later in this newscast. I'm not sure. traffic. I don't care. <laughs> Let's start with a sports note, of course. The... Golden Gophers men's basketball team headed to the NCAA tournament. The team was announced as a... Thank you, Rook. As a 10 seed in the tournament's East region on Sunday evening, we'll play Louisville on Thursday. What's in Louisville? Des a seven? A seven seed, yeah. Can a 10 beat a seven? Yeah, Louisville has sure. not been good the last couple of weeks. 10 can beat a seven. The game is scheduled to tip off at 11.15 in the morning. The Gophers' first NCAA tournament appearance since the 2016-2017 season when the team lost to Middle Tennessee State in the first round. Gophers haven't won a game in the tournament since the 2012-13 season when they beat UCLA in the first round. And then we fired Tubby right after right that. After they Where do they play in Des Moines? Uh, it's called the Wells Fargo Arena. And, Rook, I've got great news. Uh, you, get, you get to run the board on Thursday. Oh, I do? I'm okay, gonna, good. I'm, we're taking the trip down. 
You're going to go watch you and them? Dad? For what? My old man wants to go watch the Gopher basketball game, so I'm going to take him down there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's all go in the same car. Huh? Let's do 99 bottles of beer <laughs> on the wall. 99 <laughs> bottles of beer. <laughs> this year I'm Gophers. not going to be here Wednesday. <laughs> no. That's it. I'm working tomorrow, and that's it. No. That's enough. Well, you've been running the Krabby Coffee Shop truck all over upstate Minnesota. You know, that reminds me, uh, Lake Apathy froze out this winter. Chris, Lake Apathy. hit the music, my friend. Lake Apathy froze? Is Lake. that near... Uh... Hey, y'all. Here's Kenny with news from the Krabby Coffee Shop. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Lake Apathy froze out this winter, wow. suit. You know what that means. The Apathy Inlet there at the north end, yep. it's crowded now with carp and suckers. Really? They just, they're just like a foot under the surface Bull of the water. Bullheads, too, maybe? And they just lie there. Oh, yeah. So Ooh. all the local boys have been going out with their bows and arrows and yeah. their spears, and they've been Boom. stabbing them. Boom. And then they pull them out, but then they fling them out on the ice. Yeah. So now all the critters are eating all those uh, oh, oh dead carps. The bad news about this is the sunnies and the crappies and some walleyes also froze yeah. out. That'll happen. And Kenny. this uh, happened all over in uh, up in our part of the country, mm-hmm. where there's just so little oxygen that the fish die. Holy huh. crap! Wow. Huh? I did not know that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah that is. Give it hey, y'all. <laughs> hey. Here's really? Kenny with news. From the crappy coffee shop. So uh, I was down to the lumber yard the other day. <laughs> yeah. What the hell happened to John's newscast? I don't know. Kenny's taking it over. I bumped into. Why'd you buy a lumber yard and just stay up there? Uh, you know what? This lumber yard is for sale. Yeah. Really? Wear one of those aprons. You'd be I'd, great. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Smells like sawdust. Oh, all I, day. Love all I love a good lumber yard. Anyway, I ran into Trapping Sammy Schmidt, sure. and uh, he's usually <laughs> snaring coyotes this late in the season. Uh-huh. Wow. He pulled his snares early because of the heavy yeah. snow. We're down here close to the country's tallest buildings, Kenny. We're fighting a big fight down here. You're worried about some coyote. Last year, trapping coyotes? Seriously? Last, snaring them. Last year, he caught 88. What's oh. he do with them? Cape about uh, he uh, he skins them out and you sells get the them. fur yeah and you actually the that's the only fur that's making money this that, year that pays coyote, well I read that coyote yeah. fur everything yeah. else is way way down you mean like a scarf the, or a, are you the, done yet the with price this nonsense? Of, the price of coon it's in the basement it's not even really? worth it really uh, not well, even worth well, it well there goes my hat <laughs> hey y'all oh for God's oh, sake here's wow. Kenny. with news from the crappy coffee shop I wish I had a word in. Well, and you're up. In other news, rising floodwaters are forcing road closures in communities <laughs> across Minnesota and Wisconsin. On Monday, the Cottonwood River, New Ulm, New Ulm, is it's it, New Ulm, is expected to reach its peak. Uh, that city, almost two hours southwest of the Twin Cities, not far from where the Cottonwood and Minnesota rivers meet. Water has rushed over the riverbanks, and the flooding has become so significant in some areas that main road closures are in place. Uh, to put all this in perspective, the marker shows current water levels are about four feet below the record levels that were set back in 1965. Johnny, just south of me in Jordan, mm-hmm. I was telling the mayor this before the show. So there's a little area where you go downhill. Uh, there's like a trailer park next to the railroad tracks. And these dummies last week tried driving their Honda Civics through the through this, oh. so their car stalled. Then the water froze Fantastic. overnight. So oh. there's all this stock footage of you, city. It's I love you guys. <laughs> that's uh, that's down near Jordan, Kenny. You're that's so not that's dumb. not the city. Yeah, that, so I don't think dumb. they include us. You're the same guy who just hit a pothole and your window went down. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, Chris, hit the music. Oh my God! Hey, y'all. God help me. 
Here's this Kenny with news from the crappy coffee shop. So I'm out planting freshwater shrimp on Saturday. <laughs> what? And yeah, the sportsman's club got in an order of uh, freshwater shrimp. I ordered three gallons. So I'm out on the ice, and, and to plant these things, you got to drill a hole in the ice. Mm-hmm. You put the auger down, you drill down about six inches, and then it drops a foot into a cavity that's filled full of water, and then you have to drill down another three feet. So essentially, on the lakes up there, there's two layers of ice with a water cavity. Um, But as far as driving around on the snowmobile goes, uh, you know, it's go anywhere snow in the morning. You can go anywhere you want, but Uh by afternoon, it's mushy. mushy. Do you take the sled to go get supper? Uh, not in the afternoon. No, no probably no. You not. You can take it to go get breakfast. Though. I don't know what's happened, John. I'm really yeah. confused. Hey, y'all. That's it. Speaking That's of it. Have you guys, it's pretty casual. Yep. Have you guys seen the uh, uh, the extended uh, weather channel forecast? No. They're saying 61 oh, yeah. on Saturday. I saw it. Fantastic. Ah. Fantastic. We'll see what happens. You coming down uh, for the podcast on Saturday? Oh, my driveway's going to be sloppy. Gotcha. <laughs> Speaking oh. of... Uh, Potholes. Drivers can expect delays in the downtown Minneapolis construction zone on 35W Monday and Tuesday as the Department of Transportation patches potholes. Oh, thank God. Southbound 35 will be a single lane. What? From 8.30 to 2 p.m. Monday as crews work. Of course, by the time anybody listens to this, that'll be done, won't it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, how about Tuesday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. northbound tomorrow. Wait, 9 a.m. What? To, yes, Chris, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, that's between Hiawatha Avenue and 42nd Street. Just make a move. Uh, just find some other way to go. Oh, he's from the suburbs. He doesn't have a. He doesn't have an alternate there, route. Yeah, there's only one way to get here. No, there's many ways. Uh, I have it on relatively good authority that the city of St. Paul opened up their asphalt plant last Wednesday. Yeah. But will not be filling all the potholes because they've run out because they're selling the asphalt to who? To another city or uh, maybe a private company that wants to buy it. Huh. Hey y'all! <laughs> Thanks, truck. That's Kenny. enough. That's that enough. reminds me, my driveway is really, really mushy right now. You can drive in there at six in the morning, but six at night, it's tough getting out yeah. of that. Well, driveway. you should have shoveled better. I tried ordering a, a, a no. It's down Shovel. to gravel. It's plowable. It's it's it's, it's a driveway suit. It's plowed by oh. a big truck. All right, um, and it's gravel <laughs> because it's in the country, and you can't get gravel this time of year. So okay, you have to you have, you have to wait till May to order to in get that the grass five. Exactly what time did I lose control of the show? <laughs> uh, twice last week, by the way, MnDOT did shut down one lane of ninety four between the Portland Tunnel and Hiawatha, but they put down a temporary asphalt mix, and both times it failed. Okay, so they have to redo it. Were they buying so. that cruddy asphalt from St. Paul? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, President Trump, who well, he hasn't stopped tweeting and retweeting for about the last forty eight hours. On Monday, attacked former Vice President Joe Biden on Twitter, calling him, quote, another low IQ individual. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, that deserves this. Yeah, but is is he wrong? (laughs) Is he wrong? Over the weekend, Trump drew criticism for going after the late John McCain again, not once, but twice on Twitter, including one tweet that contained numerous falsehoods about McCain. Now, those are just two subjects the president tweeted on. At least 30 tweets and retweets posted uh, on his account over Did you see him uh, go after General Motors in Detroit? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was hysterical. Authorities in southern Wisconsin say a 56-year-old Cambria man arrested on suspicion of his eighth OWI offense tried to drink in front of the deputy. 
What's OWI? Operating, Operating while intoxicated. But hey, look over there. There's some deer. <laughs> According to the Columbia County Sheriff's Office, a caller reported finding a vehicle in a ditch in the town of Fountain Prairie Saturday night. The caller said the driver wasn't hurt, but, quote, something wasn't quite right with the driver. So the caller gave the man a ride home. The Sheriff's Office says the deputy arrived and found the man identified as Robert Kohler had come back to the same spot in another car. Huh. When Kohler oh was t- and it was in the ditch again. When Kohler was told he would be arrested, authorities said he tried to grab an open liquor bottle from the vehicle and drank from it. Huh. He was arrested on suspicion of OWI eighth offense, bail jumping, operating with open intoxicants, and failure to maintain control of his vehicle. I'll be damned. The king of the surf guitar, Dick Dale, has died. He was 83 years old. I don't recall any of his music. What is Joe, the surf guitar? Joe, he, he was an old guy. Do you Have you heard of Dick Dale? If there was only some way, John, we could hear something that would be reminiscent huh. of Dick Dale. Huh. Any way you can well, help me? Uh, maybe. Let's All see. Right. Let's see. Something like maybe. Oh, yeah. Surf music. Lots of reverb. Where did you r- rate him as a guitar player? Well, he was uh, surf guitar is kind of a, a niche, right? Uh, and he was a really good player. Uh, one thing he was noted for, he played very loud. Mm-hmm. There's just one thing wrong with you playing that Dick Dale. Yeah, you were smiling. Dick you Dale, didn't like Dick, did you? Not a smiler, not a happy yeah. man. He, he was noted for being a bit cantankerous. He was a, a grumpy guy. Uh, I think he felt he always he didn't get the due he deserved. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, he was an avid surfer. He built it uh, built up a devoted Los Angeles fan base in the late 1950s. Uh, he played Miserlou. You may know Miserlou. That's the song. Uh, if you've seen Pulp Fiction, yeah, that appears oh, several yeah. times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh wow! That's okay, that's the one. Yes. Uh, he uh, Miserlou would become his. He was in a few movies too, was he? he not was in the sixties. Yep, he started. Uh, let's see. There's one mention. I seem story. to remember him in a movie with uh, Annette Funicello. Yeah, yeah. He was in. Uh, boy, I had that in this story. I wonder where it went. Anyway, he yes, he was Kenny. Uh, I'll look it up. He also uh, a lot of folks give him credit uh, for creating surf music, even though the Beach Boys get the credit for that. And perhaps that's part of what he was bitter about. I and think. Jan and Dean get credit for it too. They, they do, although they were kind of uh, they were Brian Wilson, uh, whatever uh, devotees. Devotees. That's yeah. a good word. I'm telling you, he played in town here uh, one night many years ago at the bar my wife worked at, and he hung out afterwards with you know the after party crowd. Yeah. yeah. Uh, within an hour, nobody was talking to Dick Dale because he was <laughs> such a douche. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he was noted. Yeah, his fingering style was very frenetic. If you've ever seen him, there's a lot of uh, hey, stuff that sounded like, oh, it's not on. <laughs> lot of that mm-hmm. really fast and and loud uh his joke was better shred than dead mm-hmm. he used to destroy picks when he was playing apparently because he played so hard uh he pioneered according to rolling stone a musical genre that brian wilson and others would later bring to fruition uh among the hits let's go trippin that was about two months ahead of <laughs> two months ahead of the uh, beach boys i, first I may hit. have said that a few times <laughs> i don't know uh, although popular around Southern California, he remained uh, pretty much a cult figure. If surfing had not exploded worldwide, uh, he was Beach Party. That's the movie. Muscle Beach Muscle Beach Party is the one I was thinking about because uh, Rickles is in it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He is. Yeah. 
Uh, he released his first album in 1964. Other famous songs by him, well, famous for him, Jungle Fever, Shake and Stomp, Swingin', but and Surfin'. John, yes. it, it was the same music with it. It was the same song with a different title. I'm not uh, a big surf guitar guy. You never played so the I'm, surf I'm, genre, did you? I'm not, I, well, it's, you know, I mean, there's, what, there's, uh, I don't know, can I play part of a song? Yeah, yeah. It's all that, you know, it's yeah. all pipeline and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but I thought you were and a Beach Boys guy. Well, I love the Beach Boys, but I, I consider Chris. that oh, a, a completely different that's, thing. That's music. He did uh, have a bit of a revival. I don't know if you remember this. He uh, did a record with uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, did, uh, I think they did Pipeline, actually. Hmm, really? Song, yeah, that I just attempted to play there. Uh, I, I thought uh, Pulp Fiction uh, reinvigorated his career yes, more than anything. Very much so. Attempt is a very kind word, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Uh, 1994. So Dick Dale, uh, by the way, Dick was 83 years old. He also had a bout with cancer, which derailed his career, boy, I think in the early 70s, maybe late well, 60s. Well, it's certainly been derailed now, hasn't it? Well, <laughs> yes. what, was, what was his rig, John? Do you know? What was he uh, playing? He, he played a Strat. Uh, it was a custom-made Strat, I know, uh, forever. He played that. I don't know what he used for an amp. What are you playing idea. today? It's amazing that you have a guitar with you. Uh, this is an ESP Strat that I bought in about 1982, three. Oh, boy. It's my main guitar for vintage 25 years. Vintage. So. In, vintage. The, in the No, Not the Hour department. Can we? Can we? Uh, sure. Dale said, oh, go ahead. No, you've... Uh, Dale said he never used alcohol or drugs for health reasons, and he discouraged the use of the uh, road crew as well. In 72, he stopped eating red meat. He did Kempo Karate for 30 years, and he died of heart failure at the age of 81. Yeah, so he could have just as well ate steaks Right, why not, huh? So John comes in here today with this old ESP, <laughs> and I don't know if you remember the fair uh, suit. Yeah. He had an F-hole Strat, an yeah. Eric, Eric Johnson Eric model. Is that the one I tripped over? Uh, no. <laughs> a pretty <laughs> fancy, and uh, I'm going to say, you know, John had to dig into the, his wallet for this mm-hmm. one. It, it he spending. might have had to uh, dig up some of that money in his backyard that he's got hidden yeah. from the IRS. Yeah, yeah. He spent some coin on this, and he comes in here today and says that guitar is garbage. Well, <laughs> here's, the, here's what happened. I dug this out. I hadn't played this in about two years. Like I said, it was my main guitar forever. Pulled it out about two weeks ago, started playing it, and went, wow, this sounds great. So then I did a little comparison. You know, I'd play the right. Eric Johnson model and then this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This sounds really? ten, <laughs> 10 times better than and this. this one cost you about $12. This, uh, you'll see the, the name here on ESP. Yeah, uh, ESP yeah. It's the 400 series. Yeah. It was named that in the 80s because they cost $400. <laughs> really? The Eric Johnson cost considerably more than $400. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the Eric Johnson one. Might be for sale soon. He's not just a newsman, is he? (laughs) He's not just a newsman. Say, I want to remind you, uh, fellas, especially guys our age, uh, Moeller Jeweler has been helping us get out of jams for uh, 67 years. RF Moeller Jeweler, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, uh, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, 50th in France and Edina, and rfmoeller.com. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But, of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. 
Mr. Money Talk Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no cost, no obligation, 48 minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. You know, the left, uh, they're, they're eating their own. Uh, Chelsea Clinton's in trouble. A student cornered Chelsea Clinton at a NYU vigil for the New Zealand massacre victims and blamed her for inciting murderous anti-Muslim hatred. That even prompted uh, Donald Trump Jr. to come to her defense. Oh, I'm sure that cooled him off. Right? After all that you have done, all the Islamophobia you have stoked, senior Lean Dweek angrily tells Clinton in a sense-deleted viral video posted Friday by student activist Rose Asaf, this right here is the result of a massacre stoked by people like you and the words you have put out to the world. What the hell did Chelsea Clinton ever say? Well, let's find out. Okay. The 49 people died because of the rhetoric you put out there. Seethed Dweek, wearing a Bernie Sanders 2020 t-shirt. Nice. Uh, and she's referring to Clinton's criticism of Representative Ilhan Omar's comments about Israel last month. Oh. What's that noise? Is that, uh, hello? Is that a uh, mm-hmm. gastral? Uh, no, I think that's somebody drilling. Oh. I wish it was. I wish it was that powerful. Huh, that was weird. I'm sorry you feel that way, Clinton, the co-founder of NYU's Multicultural Center, who was pregnant with her third child, responded, prompting other students to chime in. What does I'm sorry you feel that way mean? What does that mean? A person shouted from the crowd. The ugly confrontation Friday inside NYU's Kimmel Center prompted an unlikely GOP defender to step forward the next day as the video went uh, uh, viral, and that's uh, this Trump uh, Jr., uh, it's sickening to see people blame Chelsea Clinton to the, for the New Zealand attacks because she spoke out against anti-Semitism, Trump tweeted Saturday morning. We should all be condemning anti-Semitism in all forms of hate. Chelsea should be praised for speaking up. Anyone who doesn't understand this is part of the problem. Isn't that amazing? These kids in the failed academy, uh, they're not going to allow you to talk. They're not going to allow you to have speech. We're oh. getting closer to where you, you will not be able to speak. Well, I don't think we should remind them. I, I think we should just sit back and relax and watch them implode. They're imploding. Yeah. This Beto O'Rourke, he's a nutcase. Yeah, yes, did he is. Did you see some of his, I did. his youthful stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and how it he's was a, withheld? No, he's a psycho. He's a nutcase. But it was withheld during his run. Yeah. That yeah. was really classy. He's He raised six one uh, six point one million on the first day yeah. Yeah. that he announced. He's a nutcase. He's got nothing to offer. No. This is, all of this is going to get Trump reelected. Well, yeah, exactly. The more that this and, stuff keeps surfacing, he's going to get And I'll take Trump over Beto O'Rourke. I oh, would too. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's hysterical is they don't realize they got Trump elected. Mm-hmm. There's a reason he's sitting in an office, and it's because of you idiots. That's what we used to say after he got elected. <laughs> so thank you. Here's another reason. <laughs> we used to say that uh, uh, in the months following his election. We would say, and here's another reason 
that right. Trump got elected. Right. You know, people are tired of this BS. Thank you. That you get from Beto or Rourke, who's now a pol- it doesn't think being white's going to be a problem. But he had to. He had to go there. He had to go to the white thing, and he can't. Uh, he can't uh, really uh, accept the fact that he's white. But he doesn't think it'll be a problem. Right. And then he offhandedly said something about my wife raises the kids. Sometimes I help. While he was jumped on by that, because right. the left's going to eat the left, he was jumped on by that as being insensitive to the marriage partnership. Yeah. And, the whole, and so he's been crawling around standing on coffee tables in Iowa promising that he's so sorry that he said that. He's he's not much of a guy. No, he's not a he's man. He's not much of a guy no, at all. he's not a man's no. man, because we all say that. Wow, it's just amazing. But he, who's who, who, who does he appeal to? He got $6 bucks the first day. From small donors, I would imagine. But who are they? Nutcases like him. He's a psycho. <laughs> Inner city shut-ins. Your people. <laughs> Inner city shut-ins. I guess he was arrested or avoided arrest or something when he was younger because I, I had white privilege. So I avoided the arrest. And Well, and he was, a, what, a, a part of a, a hacking? Yep. Wait, uh, yep. wait, isn't avoiding arrest just part of being a young American? <laughs> I don't want right. to get arrested. It doesn't right. matter what color you are. <laughs> right. And the- Such, unfortunately, you failed. I did. I got arrested. <laughs> a lot of good being white did me that night. Right. Well, and just like the dummy that Johnny just talked about that was in the ditch in his news report. Yeah. Came back to the scene. You're a dummy. You, yeah. you need to avoid getting arrested. <laughs> the, guy, the guy whose odyssey was augered into the snowbank a mile from my farm, he avoided it because he fled the scene. <laughs> and then they came and said, oh, I just he had was, a couple of drinks. He was there the next day at 11 with a tractor pulling well, it he's out. he's no dummy. <laughs> Say, remember we had a little fun Friday with uh, the ice out dates on Minnetonka. Yes. And I'm uh, willing to concede, of course, that 120 years were 164 years worth of ice out dates don't prove anything. But again, failing that failing that equation existing that could tell us the exact relationship between carbon dioxide and rising temperatures, if such a thing is happening, there is no formula. I got the ice out dates for uh, Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. Okay. Oh, I didn't do them. Alan uh, uh, responded, I listened to your podcast Friday regarding the history of ice out dates. I know you occasionally have pictures of Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire on the big screen, and it made me wonder about the history of ice out dates for this incredible lake. As an aside, I lived on Lake Minnetonka for a couple of years. Winnipesaukee is Minnetonka on steroids with mountains surrounding it. Oh, wow. Attaches the link to the history of ice outs on Winnipesaukee starting from 1887. It could have easily been the dates for Minnesota lakes. There are more ice out dates in May than there are in March. Really? It, for oh. uh, well, here here's Winnipesaukee. Uh, it, it, you would think, you would think, if the were if the planet is in peril, you would think, wouldn't you start seeing some earlier ice out dates? Yes. Yeah. It would be creeping creeping into March. Yeah. Well, uh, let's just turn to the last page of these. Uh, 2007, April 23rd. This is Winnipesaukee. 2008, April 23rd. 2009, April 12th. 2010, March 24. 2011, April 19. Oh, that was interesting. Just out of the blue, one year mm-hmm. in March. Mm-hmm. What year was that? 2012, March 23rd. 2013, April 17th. 2014, April 23rd. And you go all the way back, go back to 1887. Uh they're all pretty much in mid-April, mid to late April. Yeah. All pretty much in mid to late April. Wouldn't you expect 
and I know we can't demonstrate anything from this, but wouldn't you expect if the planet is, is seriously that much in peril, why it's starting in about 19, I don't know, pick a year, starting in about 1998, let's pick a year just okay. arbitrarily. Wouldn't you start seeing, you know, maybe some March 5th? Yeah. Yes. Wouldn't you st- maybe Filtering even, in, yes. Maybe a Feb 28th? Yep. Never, 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 mm. never. Very few March ice outs uh, at Lake Winnipesaukee, New Hampshire. Do you have it Hampshire. for uh, the year 2000? The year 2000? Because we weren't supposed to be here the year 2000. April 10. <laughs> April 10. The next year, 2001, May 2nd. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love ice Show out Show me the dates. scale. Show me the scale. How is it supposed to work here? I don't know. I mean, I. I this tells me that just from this little vignette, mm-hmm. where's the peril? Where's the peril? It, it, at least it concede to me that if you really are drinking the Kool-Aid like these high school kids that went out on strike, probably half of them live in Wyzetta and Minnetonka. They have boats and cars and everything else. What? Show me, show me, give me a March 2nd that the ice went out. Nah, nah ain't no, going to happen. Not going to happen. Look at that nice piece of real estate on Lake Winnipesaukee. 2012. Uh, can you run uh, uh, to the left of my keyboard? Yes. As the Minnetonka ice outs, I want to look at 2012. 2012 was this spring. I've been uh, ranting That's and right. raving about the golf courses were open by now. We had a 70 on this day. Oh, right? we had well, 70s uh, and 80s. Yeah. No, the record for this day is 80 uh, in 2012. Wow. Okay. In 2012, well, the record on this day there, is 80. I have to say, up in my part of the wor- world, um, ice out isn't. Until Shorty Wagner's piece of equipment that he drags out on the ice every spring falls in. Okay. Oh. And then that's the official <laughs> ice out. That's how you know. That's true. Here's Kenny with news from the Crabby Coffee Shop. Every year, Shorty gets a new piece of equipment, and instead of trading or selling in the old piece, he just drags it out on the old pond. And whenever she goes in, that's the that's official. That's the official date? That's the official 2012 Minnetonka went out March 21st. March 21st, and we were having a very warm, warm uh, spring that year. Very warm spring. Yeah, I remember it was a very extreme. It was 80 degrees, I think, for St. Paddy's Day. Yeah, and motorcyclists are keeping track of this because you know the season is just around the corner. Highs this weekend are predicted to be in the 60s. You know you're itching to get your bike out. That's why you need to get in touch with DennisKirk.com. They have more than 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike. Doesn't make any difference what kind of bike. They have it. And if you're in a hurry, you can place an order by 8 o'clock p.m., 8 p.m. today, and you'll get that part tomorrow. That's hard to believe, but that's the way DennisKirk.com, a Minnesota company, does business. DennisKirk.com. Order today and get it tomorrow. Drop your pick. Here we go. Now? Yeah, go. Start now. Ready, set, Go. Walk up that ramp, Kenny. Not just a newsman. I'm telling you, Such. Huh? This room that sits next to us, why not bring your drums in? I'll bring my bass rig in. We'll just wank off. Why not? Wank off? Why not? That'd be fun. We can do that without music. Hey, now. That's the ESP 400. So while you were out of the room, we took a little break there. Johnny and I, the boys, were talking about um, Skunk Baxter. Mm -hmm. Turns out 
Hooplehead over here interviewed him right. a few years ago, right. and he's got this stuff on tape. Yeah. yeah, Johnny, is there any way we can convince you to bring some of oh, that tape I, in? I'd I, love to hear do, that interview. Do we have a cassette player in the house that we could get stuff yeah, from? Yeah, I'll find one for you. Do I think we, we, yeah. we, we, we Sid still do. has one. We're the only, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we're the only ones that, because I had them put a mini-disc player in here, too. We're the only ones that use that stuff. I've got to believe you've got about a million hours of uh, tape from your magazine gig. I have three boxes full of interviews. I've been doing interviews since 91 or so for the magazine. If you can find that skunk Baxter, Baxter one, let's let's lead with that one. Is this from today's can paper, Kenny? Yeah, today's Star Tribune. Let's play the game. Real or satire? Oh. Okay, I love this one. I know real, it always depresses me. Real or satire? Know. All right. It's a letter to the editor of the uh, Minneapolis Tribune. What's it called? Star Tribune? Thank you to Jennifer Brooks, March 13th. Let's, let's go with that. <laughs> recently, <laughs> recently they changed yeah. the name. We're, yeah. we're going to go with that. It's been a while. Star Tribune. enough. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Jennifer Brooks, March 13, uh, for explaining why it's important and worthwhile to rename the terrible names we've slapped on things over the years. I also appreciate her brief history lesson about how the town of Pig's Eye was uh, renamed St. Paul. However, I wish she would have proceeded to the next logical conclusion, rename St. Paul to something less terrible. (laughs) If there are valid reasons to rename the rivers, lakes, and buildings in our state that are named after bad things or bad people, then surely our capital city can do better than its current namesake. Consider that the Apostle Paul promoted misogyny, 1 Timothy 11.14, and torture, 2 Thessalonians, and an institution that sainted him is responsible for a history of extreme violence as well as heinous present-day sex abuse scandals. Even though I am not a native of the capital city, I have lived there and I currently work there. There's a blend of diverse worldviews among its citizens. So between the two big dome buildings facing each other across John Ireland Boulevard, it's the one where secular laws are made that protects and serves the people, while the other one protects and serves a priesthood and institution wrought with crimes against humanity. It's time to rename the city to something good. Until then, how about Mr. Paul, or dare I say Ms. Paul, Eric Jane (laughs) Apple Valley? Real or satire? <laughs> wow, this is so full. I don't know how yet. I've, I've got I've to absorb it. There's just no way to tell because usually the payoff comes in the last paragraph. And, and I, I have long held the belief that in Minnesota, satire doesn't work. Yeah. Nobody gets it. I think it's satire because I think his very last line is supposed to be his home run. Miss or Mr. Paul. Ms. Paul. Yeah. Did you give an age on this? Gentlemen, I don't think he. Well, uh, why would I know that? But I didn't know if it was. No, he's a letter writer. No, that's okay, okay, I don't okay. have his age. Yeah. It's plump full of hate, though. Yeah, but it is really the is. hate is the hate directed at right this last Ms. Paul or Mr. Paul, or is it? Uh, oh man! And here's and rookie's right. And here's why: when he called it the two domed buildings, mm-hmm. like two boobs. Well, I I'm I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm I'm somewhat uh, so, frightened that this so is not apart. satire. Yeah. I'm somewhat concerned that this is the kind of thinking that this fellow is capable of. You're right, though. Uh, in Minnesota, people that attempt satire yeah. sh- should announce that before they start. <laughs> this is my attempt. The following is satire. <laughs> they obviously don't read Roycey then on Twitter. Well, what did we rule? I don't know, Joe, oh, because man. that they he he really has um, every every well, he's item. Cher- he's cherry picking uh, 
some uh, Apostle Paul moments. He's cherry picking what he believes to be this history of violence. But he, I think what makes it, I think he's serious because... Uh, the priesthood uh, comments? Yeah, it's hard to get around that. It's hard to get around that. This guy would change the name of the capital city of Minnesota. <laughs> Let's go To here. Ms. Paul. <laughs> Mr. Paul. He just, it's the saint party apparently doesn't mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Which I am surprised, and we have discussed this in Garage Logic prior, about the uh, St. Petersburg or St. Paul or... St. Peter, Minnesota. Right. Well, what did they do in San Diego? Or what was what county was it? When the the friar tucks or Los the... Angeles? They, was it took, LA they, they removed from the uh, city seal the adobe church. Okay. That, that, that's gone that's right. from the that's seal right. okay. of the city because that, of course, uh, was a foul example of uh, a constitutional violation of religion and state. <laughs> yes, people were being brought into that adobe church okay. to uh, be uh, converted into a religious. Mm-hmm. We have St. Bonifacius. We call it St. Bonnie. We got that. St. Bonnie. Got to get rid of that. St. Louis. No, we're, no, we're not getting rid of anything. <laughs> I, uh, Mr. Lewis. No, we're not. We're not. Mr. I'm not changing. Lewis. Not changing the names of anything. I'm going to Mr. Lewis to see the arch, <laughs> because this this is a great example of the question you have to ask yourself when you change the name of Lake Harriet, for example. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to stop? Yeah, you're right. You, yep. You know why stop? Why not change the name of St. Paul? It's offensive to this oh. fruitcake. It's real. I, I I don't believe it's satire. Mm-hmm. It's real. Mm-hmm. Say mm-hmm. way to go. Mm-hmm. That reminds me. Chris. Hey, y'all. Here's Kenny. Oh, I can't wait to get the feedback on this. From the crappy coffee shop. (laughs) There was a lake in my area called Mud Lake. Sure. They changed the name. You know what what it's called now? No. Golden Pond. Really? No. How creative. Golden Pond. You know what I got asked today at the bank? How was my weekend? Oh, oh yeah. To tell them to go. mind their own business. I said it was fantastic. And that t- that seemed to unnerve her, so she shut up. She, didn't, oh, she, was, she wasn't used to the usual response, fine, and then uh, where's my money? You know, I, I usually throw something at, at them that's like mildly inappropriate. Like, yeah, yeah I ran over a cat this morning. <laughs> I should have thought so, of that. Something yeah. like that. There was a know? guy that emailed. This was back when we were still on the radio, and he emailed. I, th- I think he sent it to Patrick and I because Pat was, you know, the big I'm against this. And he said, I always tell the teller. Well, my wife left me. Anything else you want to know? <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Caught the mailman with the wife. He was giving her the goods. <laughs> hey, I know it doesn't look like it, but you know that motorcycle season is quickly going to be upon us. Get a hold of DennisKirk.com. You order by 8 o'clock today. You'll get it tomorrow, and they have free shipping on orders uh, over $89. DennisKirk.com is the best place to get your stuff. Hey, Chuck! Chuck! It's your cousin, Marvin Barry! You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this! If we can't play it, we'll say it. Here's 
the John Height <laughs> newscast. Here's the 400 pounder himself, big fat Johnny Height. Man, I look big in that, don't I? Yeah. Meatloaf height. <laughs> <laughs> With the rising floodwaters impacting communities across the upper Midwest, including some in Minnesota, Cell Energy says utility workers have been identifying potential facilities that could be affected. Those facilities include power plants and substations. A release said that because many power plants are located near rivers, those facilities have plans in place to ensure continued operation, even if rivers rise above the banks. Excel said plans are also being put in place to respond to flooding-related outages that impact substations or power lines. You want to get you want to hear something that might turn your stomach? Sure. Well, sure. Senator Jeff Merkley, a Democrat from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Announced earlier this month that he is uh, sponsoring a Senate bill that would prevent kittens from being killed after they are used in research. Merkley voted against the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Oh, that's a little contradictory. The Kitten Act would protect cats from being euthanized after government testing. But this this guy voted against preserving the life of a child in case the... uh, Abortion was botched, but he's going to save kittens. Yeah. Wow. That's who got, we got leading us, folks. Got the cats covered. Got reminds the cats me, covered. Uh, reminds me of a story a guy ran into last night at the uh, gas station in town. At the gas station? It reminds me of a story. Hey, y'all. Here's Kenny with news. I'm putting a limit on this for now. Gets to be played <laughs> twice, not 15 times. It's like Mr. Twice a second. You know how no. when you're standing in line and you accidentally get drawn into the conversation of the customer in front of you? Mm-hmm. The customer in front of me lingered there, continuing his discussion oh. as I was at the register and according to him, and I guess the discussion before I got there was about dogs and pets, and according to this gentleman, there's only two kinds of dogs. Living dogs and dead dogs. Mm-hmm. There ain't no sick dogs. Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a little harsh. Hey, <laughs> That's it, Reavers. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Denny Hecker's former lakeside retreat uh, was too extravagant, too excessive, and too pricey to find a buyer for the $8.5 million property on the market since 2017. So now... Does this still have the Elvis statue? It does. Nice. So now the current owners split it into three lots to get the price down and attract more buyers. That, according to Chad Schwendeman, the Exit Lakes Realty Premier Agent in Baxter, who has the listing. I love that, though. The price didn't come down. The price just went up. I guarantee you. Northern Minnesota Getaway on Cross Lake boasted uh, an 11,880 square foot split log home along 800 feet of sandy shoreline on five acre site. When Hecker hosted parties, his guests had plenty of room at two smaller homes and apartments above garages. Jeez. Now the sprawling lodge-style residence is priced at $4 million. It's, it was, it's, it's terribly gauche. Is that the word, gauche? That's, that's a good word, yeah. It's not a lake place. It was an ego place. Inside the rooms were designed with quality materials and craftsmanship from the split stone fireplace to the dramatic second-story catwalk. It was built to impress, said Schwendeman. Mr. Hecker wanted to create that wow factor when people walked in. Yeah, as soon as they saw that Elvis statue, they said, wow, I'm oh, getting wow, out of here. let's get out of here. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> Did you say 4.5? Uh, 4.5 what? Uh, what was the asking price for the The original home? price was 8.5, and, and now they're asking $4 million for the lodge residents alone, just the lodge part, and not the any, garages. Uh, does it say how much they're asking for the other two uh, I, pieces? It does not, actually. 
Uh, the furnishings are negotiable, including your life-size Elvis statue. Let's buy it. it. Let's put it in the studio. Please tell me it's fat Elvis in Vegas. Yeah. It was, oh, it's got to be. Don't Eating, you think yeah, mashed potatoes off of people's plate? Yeah. The king, baby! The king! Excuse me, you got to eat those mashed potatoes, sweetheart? I'll give you the sweaty scarf if you'll put that scoop of potatoes in my mouth. Is that a little less conversation? Uh, it's uh, it's the beginning of about six different Elvis That's songs. Right, yeah. Uh, anyway, oh you, my you, God, there it is. Yeah. What? The I statue? haven't seen it. Where? Right over in the upper right there. I'm gonna make right in the bar. Look at that. You know what? I, you, baby? I gotta have a confession. I have the exact same thing in a clock hanging in my music room wall. And the legs, with each click, swing back. They and swivel forth. back and forth. So it looks really? like he's dancing. That is kind of fat, Elvis, isn't it? Look no. at the sideburns on eh, that thing. Not really. He's got the big mutton chops. It's not really. It's kind of a mix of that's that's like, that's like, like 1970, right before he ballooned. Right, yeah, right. There. This one's yeah. more holiday weight, Elvis. You know where we all put on a couple extra LBs because of all the. Uh, <laughs> but it's well, not. There's no accounting for taste. Is it's there? not mid 70s where he'd fall asleep in the middle of no. the song. I'm was... more intrigued. What does he have back there? Tangeray, some Bombay. <laughs> Looking at the bar. Yeah, he's not quite top shelf. He also has an original Wurlitzer jukebox in the house that is also negotiable. So that'd be kind of cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Fun. Uh, Hecker built a vacation home in 2007, two years before he filed for bankruptcy. He served more than seven years in prison for fraud, was released in July 2018. The current owner bought the compound in 2010 for $5.4 million from TCF Bank, which had acquired it through foreclosure. Johnny, that reminds me of a guy I know. Uh-huh. Hey, y'all. Oh, my God. Here's Kenny with news from the Crampton <laughs> Coffee Shop. This, guy, this guy's in That's trouble. Yeah, this guy's in, uh, I'm serious. I don't want to hear that again. He's in trouble with the law. <laughs> oh, yeah? So are you. Government <laughs> Government has taken over his property to repay some of the uh, debts he owes. He's got a mounted giraffe. Really? He's got a giraffe in there, oh, folks. I'll be damned. It's giraffe? a giraffe. And that's all I have. Was oh, that like no, 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 no. Maybe Johnny could play it instead? No. <laughs> I do have a legitimate piece of news, though, that I wanted to bring up to John and you guys. Have you guys heard of a guy named Kenneth Candelaria, uh, known as Papa Smurf, a hard rock guitarist? I read that this morning. Yeah. He passed away. It was in, an, uh, in a crash over the weekend or last week or whatever um, and uh, hit a semi head on. But evidently, this guy was a big guy in Wisconsin, played, yeah. played in a bunch of bands. From Menominee, apparently. Yeah. Uh, he's 58 years old. name is Kenneth Candelaria. Uh, he was killed in a collision mid-afternoon last week in Cedar Township. He was known around the area as Papa Smurf, hmm. a hard rock guitarist. Uh, his funeral home obituary read he was a very talented musician from a young age. Candelaria was heading south on the highway when he collided with a semi. The big rigs driver was not injured. Uh, they're still not sure exactly how it happened, and sheriff's officials are asking anyone uh, if they witnessed it it's, to let them know. But yeah, The story I'm on, three bands were named here. Wicked Lester. Never heard, heard of them. Denied. Nope. And tried to thrill them all. Nope. I like Wicked Lester. That's a good name. Here's for a, a picture of him. He kind of looks like Jerry Garcia, but yeah. he's playing a killer flying V. Oh, Ooh, Papa Smurf. Great yeah. V. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that the one with the yellow guitar? Yeah. Wow. Well, okay, I pull it up behind you. Yeah, yeah I got we, it. we call it a flying V, but oh. yeah, it's a beauty. It's a great I think he v. probably had some fun TV. in his life. Is huh? that TV yellow, John? Uh, no, my, it's, not it's too it's, dark to be. It's TV more like yellow. a wood, the grain, the original yeah, yeah. Uh, colors of the. Media. Anyway, 
Uh, Donald Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, says uh, he don't think uh, he doesn't think it's true that he's been banned from making television appearances as the former <laughs> New York City mayor. <laughs> but he's not sure. <laughs> has ceased his usual tour of the media in recent weeks. Rumors swirled after Giuliani made a series of missteps in interviews with NBC and CNN. Uh, Trump's lawyer had suggested that talks to build a Trump Tower in Moscow may have lasted until November 2016, a claim that directly contradicted Trump's own version of events. Now a report from Axios citing unnamed sources said that amid unhappiness about how Rudy had handled himself, the president ruled that he stopped making appearances after the January 20 incidents. Giuliani says his on-air absence has been a conscious decision made in preparation for the release of Robert Mueller's report on his investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. So breaking news. Uh, you may have seen this story uh, well this morning, although, yeah, again, we're podcasting. Yeah. Dutch police have now arrested a man of Turkish origin suspected of involvement in a shooting in Utrecht that killed three people on Monday and wounded five. The suspect identified by police as 37-year-old Gokman Tanis. This is Holland. Mm-hmm. Holland and New Zealand. Yeah. You know, bad things don't happen in Holland. They have windmills and tulip fields. Wood mm-hmm. shoes. Wood yeah, shoes. Yeah. Never understood those. The mayor of Utrecht, John Van Zanen, said three people had been killed, nine injured, three of them seriously in the train incident. Local broadcaster RTV Utrecht quoted a witness as saying he had seen a woman lying on the ground amid some kind of confrontation and several men running away from the scene. A reporter for Dutch broadcaster NOS said a white sheet had been placed over a body near the train station. Utrecht is the Netherlands' fourth largest city with a population of around 340,000, known for, as Joe said, picturesque canals and a large student population. But the uh, shooter uh, now in custody in that one. Say one size. Doesn't fit everybody, Johnny. That's why uh, you need to get a hold of the gang at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They tailor your insurance to exactly what you need because they get to know how your business operates. They offer property and casualty life, disability income insurance, and their marketing representatives will learn how your operation works, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. If driving is an important part of your business, they'll talk to you about auto liability. And if you're worried about a cyber attack, you might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. New research says frequent consumption of sugary drinks like sodas, sport drinks, and juice is being linked to an increased risk of premature death from cardiovascular disease and to a less extent from cancer. Compared with women who had sugary beverages less than once a month, those who had more than two servings a day had a 63% increased risk of premature death. Hey, Johnny, uh, Kenny had sent out a video of you playing guitar for the uh, the podcast yeah. today, and uh, Jack wants to know if you're taking requests. He'd like to hear a little journey. <laughs> Tell Jack to uh, go find a rope and uh, mitterate up it. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny, for answering for me. Yeah. I agree with Kenny's sentiments exactly. Thanks for Kenny right now. All right, I'll let Jack and me. <laughs> German police say a drunken man with a fire extinguisher smashed his way into the driver's cab of a high-speed train that was running from Frankfurt to Paris. What did he want? He wanted the driver to slow down. Federal police said the ice. The uh, federal police said the ice train operated by Germany's Deutsche Bahn stopped near Frankfurt after the incident Sunday morning. A 30-year-old man from Heidelberg who wasn't identified was arrested and faces an investigation into dangerous interference in rail traffic, among other charges. 
Police say passengers said the man took a fire extinguisher off the wall, smashed a glass finger, uh, glass door, excuse me, separating the cab from the passenger compartment, and told the shock driver the train was going much too fast and he had to save the passengers. No passengers were hurt. The train was taken out of service. So you heard the uh, audio earlier today of the Reverend Tim Christopher discussing gun violence in North Minneapolis. He will be joining us live in the studio tomorrow. Do we know when, by the way? I I just told him to be here before (laughs) noon because that's typically when we record the program. So he'll probably be here right right off the bat. All right. Wonderful. When it comes to the middle finger, police, uh, well, it, uh, they've arrested people for doing it, but the Michigan Appeals Court says they can't do that anymore. Apparently, she was uh, the woman was given a speeding ticket in Michigan and responded by giving the finger to the officer in 2017. The decision now means a lawsuit by Deborah Cruz-Goyson can proceed. In a 3-0 decision, the court said Taylor officer Matthew Menard should have known better even if the driver was rude. You know, with Rook's new apparatus on his hand, he gives the mayor the finger all the time. Take that thing off, you big baby. That really is amazing. You're the biggest baby I've ever met. But you've been wearing it for a month. Is it more important to give somebody the finger and... And keep shoving it up like I that. I know that a more? guy that had his entire arm taken off at the shoulder. He sewed it back on, and he's already back yeah, at work Rambo. Ins- installing furnaces. No, just a normal guy. Not Rambo? A guy. John, can you leave your guitar here? Oh, my God. Chris, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can leave my guitar here, sure. Well, we I got mean, it someplace to lock I could her up. Play I could actually tell you a story overnight? about him. No. No. I would like you to uh, maybe keep that handy. I can do that. You know, you're not just can, a newsman. You're make a sure. guitarist, for Pete's sake. Okay. Thank sure. you, everybody. That's just wonderful. What about more uh, news from the... Uh, no, 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 the, no. We're uh, done with your I think he wants to have a meeting report. After I've got a lot, a <laughs> lot more. Well, maybe I'll come back tomorrow. Oh, good. Come back tomorrow. Yes. And, you know, you don't have to be here tomorrow. You can be at garagelogic.com each and every day to find out some of those podcasts that maybe you missed and you got some catch-up time. There's a whole library at garagelogic.com. We'd also like you to rate us on Apple iTunes and poke around our website. There's some great features on the feature drop-down button where you can find Greg Holcomb's cartoons, what's on Joe's bookshelf, and all sorts of great stuff. More to come and a great podcast tomorrow, March 19th, so tune in for that. Check it out online, garagelogic.com. We'll catch you next time.